Jesus answered them, I also will ask you one question. And if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? I know you've heard it said there are good politics and there are bad politics. Bad politics is to flip on the issues to speak out of both sides of your mouth. Good politics is, is when you're honest and sincere, you show that you have nothing to hide. Bad politics is when you go negative with your ads. You dig up stuff on your opponent that's irrelevant, or you bombard them with your gotcha questions. Good politics is to be straightforward. You assure your followers that you will not compromise on what matters. Just check my record. Of course, there are times when you're running for office when you really can't get away from politics. In time, the race will heat up and you have a choice to make. Convince the public that you have authority, you can get things done, or convince them that your opponent is lacking in authority and will not accomplish a thing. Politics, we should know, hasn't simply to do with the opposing views of the Republicans and Democrats. We see it wherever there's ongoing conflict and debate. We must decide who should have the authority here? Whom shall we trust? Well, would it surprise you to hear that there was quite a bit of politics going on in Jesus' day? You take the interaction between Jesus and the chief priests and the elders. It's interesting how consistently these leaders confront Jesus before a crowd. They're looking for a chance to play gotcha with Jesus. This way they can sway public opinion. In today's exchange, Jesus is teaching in the temple, and the teachers interrupt him asking, by what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Among other things, they're referring to the cleansing of the temple and Jesus driving out the money changers. What was he thinking? Talk about lousy timing. Masses were traveling to Jerusalem for the Passover, and then Jesus shows up. Disrupting business at the temple was like shutting down the Mall of America the third week of December. No wonder the chief priests were so upset. They just wanted a fair share of the profits. By taking away their business, Jesus was taking away their authority. <laughs> Needless to say, the leaders were not interested in learning about Jesus' authority. They just wanted to humiliate him and discredit him in front of this crowd. Wishing to catch Jesus in his words, they thought they could turn the people against Christ. Who did he think he was? So their questions about Jesus' authority were simply a smokescreen. In their opinion, Jesus had to be removed. 
But the only way this would work legally is if Jesus was tricked into saying too much so that they could judge him as a false prophet and blasphemer. Truly, it was politics in its ugliest form. But it also brings to mind Christ's kind of politics. Jesus responds to their interruption and their question saying, I also will ask you a question. Notice, Jesus doesn't answer their question. Instead, he asks a question of his own. And it wasn't the first time. Remember when the Pharisees asked Jesus whether it was lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He asks them, which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Jesus questions the religious leaders in order to expose them. And he engaged in this kind of politics often. As for today's example, it's kind of like he's saying, you want an answer from me? Convince me I won't be wasting my time teaching you. Well, suddenly, uh, and then he, he, he says, I will ask you one question, then I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where did it come from? From heaven or from man? They suddenly discovered they had a problem. If they said his baptism was from heaven, indicating that they accepted John's testimony, they could no longer deny that Jesus was the Christ, since this is clearly what John had taught. On the other hand, if they said his baptism was simply from man, they'd have trouble with the people who clearly viewed John as a prophet. And so, within a moment's time, Jesus completely turns the tables on them. He answers the politics of these religious leaders with his own politics. But maybe you're questioning this. To say nothing about the Republicans and Democrats, can we really talk about good politics? Well, yes, we can. Politics are good when they defend the teachings of Christ. Politics are right and proper when they defend the authority with which our Lord speaks and the authority of God's word. We're talking about Christ's kind of politics. And to be honest, it's something in which every Christian must engage for the sake of the faith. Here's the question before us today. How do you talk to someone who twists your words about Christ to make him look bad before the world? Make no mistake, people will challenge you and put you on the defensive by attempting to interrogate you just as Jesus was interrogated. So why would I want to be a Christian, they'll ask. Or, what's so great about your faith? Or, why do you believe that only your church has all the correct teachings? 
Understand, they don't question you because they want to learn something from you. They do so because they want to use your answer against you. Who do you think you are? And the only right answer, as far as they're concerned, is for you to back down in front of your friends and those at work. Just be quiet. But consider what happens when the tables are turned. In today's gospel, the chief priests and elders are those who were silenced. Recall how they answered Jesus' question about John's baptism and where it comes from. They didn't want to acknowledge his his baptism, thereby acknowledging Jesus as the Christ, but neither did they want to face this ugly crowd. So they reply, we do not know. And in the end... It's Christ's politics that win out. The Lord won the debate for what the people would hear is the gospel Jesus taught. The lesson to us is obvious. There is a place for politics in our lives. I'm talking about how we relate the truth. Yes, Peter tells us, to always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. But this doesn't mean that we do so in front of those who will chew us up and spit us out. Confessing your faith to those who wish to learn something is one thing, but doing so to those who are bound to be vicious and attack Christ is something else. Jesus once said, do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Sometimes the right kind of politics is holding back on the gospel. First, let the questioner show his true colors. Would he like to hear the gospel? On the other hand, using Christ's politics doesn't necessarily mean walking away. You don't necessarily shake the dust off your shoes and go on your own way, since this person isn't going to believe anything you say. Quite the opposite. Sometimes we are able to engage in conversation. We're given the chance to defend Christ's teachings and the authority behind his teachings. So sometimes we speak up. Other times we don't. We basically put this person in their place. Sometimes we show our faith for someone who's hungry for God's forgiveness. Other times we show a person his lack of faith if he despises the truth. Sometimes we, re- we relate the true doctrine. Other times we expose what's false doctrine. Whatever the case may be, we've all been there. A friend accuses us Lutherans of of saying that we stand a better chance of going to heaven because of what we believe. An associate says we should get with the times that living together outside of marriage isn't wrong. It's, It's actually very practical. Or perhaps a drifting child of ours questions whether we are better Christians because we go to church. In any of these cases, we don't have to be intimidated. 
because we have nothing to hide. For our teachings, like John's baptism, are from heaven. They're from God. In his word, God's revealed his precious truth to us. He's given us the pearls of his gospel. And those who abide in his word alongside us can also know the truth and be set free by it. We don't have to be intimidated. Christ's politics keep us connected to the truth. To win us over from unbelief, Jesus doesn't make promises he can't keep. He lets us check his record, what he has already done. He's rescued us from sin's grip. He became one of us as the God-man. He lived for us, and then he sacrificed his life on a cross. Such beautiful truths. Sometimes we may wish there were no such thing as pigs who turn and attack. We wish everyone would receive Christ's truth and be set free by it. Unfortunately, what often happens is that the pigs who turn, having no interest in the pearls, try to come and take our pearls away from us. That's what happened to Christ. Although he would not preach his gospel to the unbelieving Jews and would not speak directly to him about his authority, the leaders picked up on it anyway as Jesus preached to others. And that's when they crucified him. But that doesn't give us cause to be intimidated and to be afraid. True, we can't always know how people will react when we confess our faith and we live by it. How will they respond? Will they try to catch us in our words? One thing's for sure. There are no gotcha questions when it comes to Christ's teachings. An enemy of the faith may try all he wants to influence our beliefs, but he cannot influence our Heavenly Father and what he's chosen for us. It's why Paul could say in today's epistle, even if I am poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. As far as the apostle was concerned, even if he died for the gospel, nothing could undo what his Savior had done for him who died for him. And the same holds true for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ, Paul writes? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. No, he says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. To say nothing about good politics and bad politics, every candidate running for office uh, may tell you that it's the wrong politics that can get you into trouble. Well, we welcome our chance to be politically incorrect if Christ's truth 
is heard. After all, it's our chance, as Paul puts it, to shine as lights in the world in a crooked and twisted generation. So, may Jesus engage us today in his kind of politics. Amen.